Hello brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining into Renew to Honor. This is Subin. Uh, the following is a recording from the talk that uh, I was able to give to the youth group at IPC Tapur, that's a Pentecostal church in Truvantrum in Kerala in India. And I hope you're blessed by it. The topic of the sermon is discipleship. You could find the sermon notes for verification and unification on www.toancientofdays.blogspot.com or easier r2h.restoringeden.de So thank you so much. May God bless you abundantly. Um, but but doing all the quarter second video on Jesus, so that all all do just to do face, can and background uh, before number to organize number. Okay, five, four, three, two, one. Prashna ila. Ah, I don't know. Hello, hi. Ah, where is Subin? Okay, hi Subin. Okay. Hello, hello. Praise the Lord. ഓപ്പർച്യൂണിറ്റി and i thought i'll just go into the word and as the word progresses we'll look into um i'll also give small um things from my life so that um sadhana people do an introduction um so my name is subin so that is the only thing uh we'll and we'll go straight into the word and then i'll come into those portions so today uh we're going to look at acts chapter 14 um and acts chapter 14 and the one that we were taking it is because um when uh, we were praying about it, i was praying about it the lord started talking to me about uh this topic of disciples or being a disciple and being people who make disciples so acts chapter 14 vikin number we read um uh, we can read matthew 28 Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. And uh, Acts chapter 14, 21. And 22. and as they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many they returned again to lystra and iconium and antioch confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of god praise the lord 
Um, so this um, message is um, more or less sort of discussion, discussion but in the sense of saying um, a very softer means because I want them, there, are, there are things that I wish that we all understand. Uh, I know the Lord will be ministering to me as much as God will be ministering to you when we go through these messages because it is his word. Um, we believe it is God's word and we see it is God's word and it's God, when God's word is there, we should always remember that it is meant and its purpose is always defined by God to change hearts, to draw us to him and to give us a bigger understanding, a bigger depth, the next step towards him and bring us extreme joy. Um, why are we doing this? Uh, that's the first question that uh, we would have. You know, we have always heard Matthew chapter 28, 19, 20, you know, called the Great Commission. Great Commission, people say that, okay, here, go and make disciples in um, through all the earth, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe everything I've commanded you. Behold, I'm with you to the end of the age 29. Um, and... When we hear that, and at least from a lot of times when I've heard that, when I was growing up in faith, um, I always thought my purpose is to you know go and talk to them about Jesus Christ and or in some manner, let the word of God just be heard. But the but as God grew me up and as God raised me, he made it clear to me what um, he made it clear to me and probably to all of us that uh, that the idea that is what he's saying is go and make disciples. And that was the key word in that place to going and making disciples. And that is a very important thing. And I'll tell you how it differs from what I previously believed. So, you know, when we hear those verses, you know, our initially our thought is, okay, I'm going to go there. I'm going to give a tract or a lingual. Um, I'm going to just, you know, talk um, to one of my friends saying, oh, there's Jesus and you should believe in Jesus. And we are, we are finished and we are saying, now they may have told one person about you, I'm happy. But that is not what Jesus wants us to do. And he wants us to make disciples and disciple is a person in the olden times is a person who is like an university student. They would sit under a master and they would be learning under the master continuously. Uh, Paul was a disciple um, of Gamaliel. Um, and um, there are, in the olden times, you would see disciples, Socrates and Plato and a lot of these people. And um, Jesus and the disciples were people who were of no no particular interest, like Peter and James, they were all fishermen. Uh, some of them were tax collectors. They all came under. And Jesus is the one who taught them and, and been with them. And when we look at Jesus' life and we see how he raised his disciples, how he took care of them, we should, from that, we should understand that Jesus' concern for the church, that is our church, you and I, to be together at this church, is that we are people who make disciples. That's the first thing, that we are called to make disciples. We are not called to make converts. You know, there are other religions and other um, faith that says, um, okay, um, you should, or even 
even even in our immaturity we have always believed that if i just tell 10 people about christ and then i can count and uh, i have told 10 people about christ and this is this is how i um how i showed my love for christ by telling to 10 people um once uncle can you mute thank you um sorry once uncle and yeah sorry um brother sister okay and what we see is um that is not how jesus sees his church god has called us as a family into him we were all strangers and foreigners we pray that also but when god is saying you know you were all wild nobodies people that no one wanted and i have adopted you into my family uh, if there is someone who does not understand uh, the christian gospel i just quickly go through it and i reason why we are meeting together and why we are reading this is none of us are saved by being born in a christian family born into a pastor's family born into believers families or born into a church and being a member of a church we have saved only because of christ you see god is holy when god is holy there's nothing that's unholy or unperfect that can stand in front of him and if you look at our own personal lives we know that we are not perfect we sin we are easily irritated we are easily anchored we are easily vulnerable we are easily um ready to go the wrong way and that marks us as people who do not have the right to stand in front of god and how how and why we say we are christians is because there was jesus christ he came and has proven historically and biblically that he lived a sinless life he walked a manner and lived a life that was holy perfect and yet he was punished for our sins he took our sins on the cross and he became a curse or a punishment for who we for our sins and then he gave us himself um that uh, we can read in second corinthians 5:21 or romans 4:5 i'll read one of those portions it's from um philippians 3:9 it says um so this paul is saying um that i may be found in him not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that comes through faith in christ the righteousness from god that depends on faith and so this is how we become a christian by having of our faith that it is christ who makes me holy and that if if it's christ who makes me holy then one thing we'll have to remember that there is no one who is in this group and who was outside who's not today's meeting who belong to the church the wider church not um, not a particular ch- a church or a particular denomination talking the entire church who is holy by himself every person who has lived as a christian and every person who will live as a christian from today onwards are holy only because of god then 
if we all depend on god for his holiness and if we all depend on god for his righteousness and we all depend on god for um the holy spirit to keep us holy then we are all meant to understand that it is not just our own task to keep holy it's our own task to care for our brothers and sisters in order to keep them holy and this is the reason why god jesus says his church is a collection of disciples for example let's take second timothy 222 can someone read it for me Pray also youthfulness, but also righteousness, faith, love, peace, the those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Yeah. So he's saying, so we, we see that verse. When we read the verse, we are very encouraged. We're saying uh, 2 Timothy 2.22. It says, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace. And but then we miss that. tiny sometimes you know we miss a tiny portion that says along with those who call on the lord from a pure heart this is the point that i'm trying to bring in today and i'm going to bring back the same point continuously through various methods and means that there is a need to be together with other believers there is a need that we have to look also not at our own holiness not at our own way of saying okay i have i'm doing this for christ or you know this is but rather be considerate be extremely uh passionate to love your brothers and sisters in christ so let's go into this the chapter before that now i could tell you a bit of my life so my i I studied in Mahabasilis College. I was a junior of Jessalyn Chachi. And um, we met at a meeting uh, when I was in my first year or second year, Jessalyn Chachi had a meeting there. And um, I met him. And then, but I came from a Marthama family and um, naturally I was scared of people converting me. And, and I did not want to have a relationship with that session. So, um, but I would go attend this meeting and then after a few weeks, I suddenly started disappearing. Uh, but God in his providence, um, during that time, I had able, I was able to bring a few of my friends and our friends also used to go for the same meeting. And uh, these friends had this relationship with me and they were, God was using them and God was changing their heart. And, when this was happening i was standing on the sidelines and looking god change their lives and i was wondering is it really true that god exists because you know at that time i was in my university i was 18 19 years old and i did not believe there was a god i thought you see um it is easy for a lot of us even i'm not just talking about martha magas i'm also talking about people from ipc or uh, born again baptized people who who can fake everything you know you would ask some brother are you born again yes i'm born again uh, are you baptized yes i'm baptized and then you're like yathre ullallo then then you but then you realize late in life that you know is they can we can fake 
our religious effects you know we can uh, because everyone believes that okay if you go to church and if you say the right words the right places you know it's easy and i was one person like that and it took god and it took god an immense amount of grace to call a person like me from where i was and and how he did it is through showing me his love through various people and one of them was just necessary there's also one more person and um one or two more person who were involved in me knowing christ and and this is why we and this is not an easy process so that's what we're going to look at now. so in the story i'm going to talk to you the whole chapter of chapter 14 so um paul and barnabas uh, we know we know about paul paul was a person who was persecuting uh, the christians um he was a sinner just like all of us saved by christ and he sees grace of god and he later meets his believers and they all prayed and the holy spirit tells them to keep paul and barnabas as evangelists or people who god is going to keep empowering and keep strengthening that they would go through various countries various regions and go to the far corners of earth or at least the known world that time and talk about god's gospel and so paul and barnabas started going and they reached turkey today's turkey or in the bible is called asia minor and they reached this place called iconium which today is koina is a, is a city in modern day turkey and when they reached this place they went to the synagogue there was some jews there they went into those places and they started preaching and when they they, they spoke but they did not preach you, know, you don't see that they went and preached but rather they spoke in such a way that a great number of jews and gent greeks believed that's verse 1 of 14 chapter and and that is the first step of who is a disciple a disciple is someone who believes in the gospel and because they believe in the gospel they know that that this gospel can change lives and so they share the gospel that's the second point a disciple is the one who believes the gospel and a disciple is the one who shares the gospel why do we share the gospel we know that we were not able to save ourselves we know that is only god because god loved us god sent his son god saved us because we did not and we cannot by our own self be holy um i'm not sure about how many of you watch youtube um youtube uh these web series but um Uh, but i thought you know i could get you something relatable um if you guys have seen kaidika you'll understand so um in that there's this boy named lolan and um people go to him and says lolan your ways are not right nee nannaganam and uh, the next day morning um on the white board is written lolan nai and he's he's all of a sudden a good boy and why am i bringing that example here is when you the end of that episode you would find out that he did not nanai he was just faking it all along and in the same and we understand that's a situation with everyone here if we cannot be good on our own and therefore we sh- that is the reason why the gospel is important it is the only thing that can save sinners and it's the only thing that 
has the power to save sinners. So, next one. So then, then what happened after that? So Paul and uh, Paul and Barnabas they first spoke. There were a lot of people who came into belief. When we share the gospel, when we share the good news of Christ, one thing that we realize, we should realize, and how we pray today is that the word of God will work, and it will bring people to know the Lord. Um, just a few chapter, uh, few verses before uh, Acts chapter thirteen, forty-seven and forty-eight, it says, "For so says the Lord." I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of God. And as many as they were appointed to eternal life, they believed in the word of God. That is the power of the gospel. It will bring in salvation. We don't have to worry on how we are able to share only that we have the courage and we we ask god lord i need to love this person like how you love them and let me be able to share to them this love that we have given after that so verse chapter 14 we are reading through the story so we said that they came they preached and then there were some people believed and all of a sudden they were while they were speaking there were some unbelieving Jews who stirred up the Greeks and poisoned their minds against the br- brothers. So we expect that gospel, whenever you say the gospel, there will be people who are against the gospel. And that is something that we have to always be mindful of, that the gospel is always going to hurt someone. And that is the nature of the gospel. You know, when when we read this, um, for the Jews, it for the Greeks, it became foolish. The Jews, it became a stumbling point. I wonder if you have actually thought about it. And I'll tell you why. See, the Greeks cannot, Greeks always saw their gods as someone who is powerful. No one can defeat. And the and the Jews, they saw the gospel or they saw, uh, they saw, the fact that you know God will restore Israel and God will save His people, but they never saw that God would, God would, uh, Jesus would lie, lay His life down for the people, and this is this offended both the Greeks and the Jews because they said this is not something that is believable, and in the same manner, there will be lot of opposition when we share the gospel. But you know, we have to look, when, when we see this opposition, this is how uh, Paul and Barnabas reacted to it. But when the opposition increased, they remained there for a long time. You see, this, and they spoke boldly for the Lord, and the Lord bore witness of his grace by showing signs and wonders to be done with their hands. And the people started believing. And then there was a division among the people saying some who thought they were right and some who thought they were wrong. But that, that is the amazing thing about the gospel. You see, when you know if it's truth, you will stay for it. 
that is that is thing you know no, it's quite hard it's very hard for us to stay with it because when you talk to our brothers and sisters and they don't listen and they are not willing to um understand you know we often get frustrated and say oh there's no point of talking to this person but say the word of god says is we have to persevere on sharing the gospel we have to persevere that it is not our strength it is god who will show his strength that is the reason why the holy spirit is said so that's the third uh, that's the fourth step a disciple waits and relies on the holy spirit so there's two points actually here first the disciple is the one who waits and second thing a disciple relies on the power of the holy spirit so first part a disciple is one who waits um so um could we okay before we go to the next portion um you know we all know the parable of the sower you know there's a man who was um who is the story that jesus told and he and he talks about a man who's planting the planting seeds and he throws some seeds some fall on the ground some fall on rocks some fall on um good soil some fall on the path um some fall among thorns and leaves and um and there's there is two ways that we can we have to look at it the first way we all know you know we have to be soil that can receive and we have to be people who hear the word of god so that we can bear fruit of repentance bear fruit of walking with christ but there's also one more way we should be able to look at it we should also look at from at the person who is sowing the seed you see brothers sisters you know when we sow the seed when we tell about the gospel for some people it will be like the seed that landed on the path it will be just taken away all of a sudden some people it will be like the seeds that landed in a place of um thorns and um brambles so that when the seeds grew up these thorns started choking these seeds some people it will be like the rock and there's no depth going into it and some places there will be fruit and what are we supposed to do when we see those you see james chapter 2 verse 16 james tells us this that when you see your brothers sisters they are struggling to understand and they're struggling to live a holy life or you know who are struggling overwhelmed by all the troubles that's around uh james says in under example he says if a brother or sister is poorly dressed lacking in daily food and one of you goes to them and says go in peace be warmed be filled without giving them these things the body needs what good is it and he's saying you know it is why this is the reason why jesus calls his disciples because he is not expecting us to just simply go and say hey brother sister uh we'll pray for you and god will do whatever he can no god he's called the bible saying the bible is saying that he's calling us to live with people to walk with the people to move in and and be ready to help each other carry each other's burden to be absolutely full hands on into the lives of the people who we share the gospel with 
And I tell you that that is the only place and that's the only way we can bring people to Christ. If you, and I think that if I share the gospel and says, or, you know, um, very crude way, I'm going to tell this. Um, if you go to someone and says, brother, you know, you must be born again and you must be baptized and you must know the Holy Spirit. And then you are not going to be there. You're not going to be with this person. Then that person is not going to know Christ because you have not shown him Christ. You have only shown him how to reach God, but you have not shown him who God is. People will come to the Lord only when they see God in our daily life. And like how, like how Paul and Barnabas, they relied on the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, can someone read 1 Peter 4, chapter 8 onwards? First Peter chapter 4, 8 to verse 10. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without... As each one has received a gift, minister it to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. So, and so he's saying, what is Peter saying? Peter saying, let each of us who has received a gift, you know, your gift can be anything in serving or speaking or sharing or whatever, let them do it as good servants. But if you look more deeper, you would see it that um, use it to serve one another, use it to, um, if you have strength, use it to serve one another. You know, it is it's always an external thing. All the gift that God has given us is to build up his church is to build up our brothers and sisters. And this is exactly what Paul and Barnabas are doing. They suddenly saw that, hey, we God has given us gifts of signs, like um, it could be gifts of prophecy or gift of uh, healing. And there were wonders, you know, gift of miracles and or there were gifts of grace and they started showing that onto people. And they only then were the believers, only then were believers being bought in. You know, brothers, we are called to be serving grace. How, what do I mean by that? You know, there's a story Jesus told about a man who was forgiven a thousand um, for example, let's consider thousand rupees one person owed one king and then another person who he owed ten. And Jesus asked both people were forgiven. So one guy who had given ten were forgiven, one guy who had thousand to give the king was forgiven. Who would love them, the king more? And naturally the person who was forgiven more. In the same manner, we have to come to the understanding that we have been forgiven a lot and that is the 
grace that God has given us. And that is what we pour into people's life whenever they hurt us, whenever they are confused, whenever they irritate us or whenever they need our help. We say, yeah, this grace that I've received belongs to my brothers and sisters. It belongs to the new person I'm talking about it. Talking about Christ. Then as the story goes down, as the, not the story, whatever happened at uh, Iconium goes down, uh, Paul and um, Barnabas, they had a lot of trouble. There were people who, um, who started throw, getting angry at them. And then they went to a next by city, like less than 20, um, like 18 miles or almost uh, 30 kilometers away. They went there and um, then they again started doing the same thing. And that time, people all said, oh my gosh, you guys are amazing people. You know, um, they said, you are God. Um, if you read verse um, 11, you could see that. It says, the gods have come to us. And Paul and Paul and Benham said, no, we are not gods. We, this is verse 15. Men, why are you doing these things? We are men of the same nature like you. And we bring you good news so that you turn away from these vain things to a living God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that's in them. In the past generation, he allowed all nations to walk in their way, yet he did not leave himself without a witness. For he did good to you by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Even with these words, uh, so, so he's saying, brothers, there's a God who loved you even from the times. And we are people who believe in that God. So a disciple, the last mark of a disciple is a disciple gives God's glory and they are humble. Hebrews 3, 12 uh, to 13 says, I'll read it for you. Um, oh, verse 13 says, let us exhort one another as long as today is as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hard in heart. And um, Hebrews 10, 24 to 26. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and do good works, not neglecting to meet together as it's habit of some and encouraging one another as all the more you see the day of the Lord is coming closer. See, this is exactly what, what they did. And after Lystra, people threw stones at um, um, people threw stones at Paul and Barnabas. And they threw Paul outside and um, and they thought he was dead. But the, the, the other believers came, they took him up and uh, gave him, you know, gave him food, nurtured him. And then the next day, they went back. He went back on the verse 22. He went back to Lystra and he went back to Iconium. He went back to Antioch and he went there. He strengthened the brothers there. He encouraged them to continue in faith. He encouraged, told them that there will be many tribulations. That's what we read when we started. And he made elders and he said, and he 
committed all of those people into the people in the same church you know this can only be done by love paul who was nearly killed for doing the same thing goes back and does it again this is why why and what it means to be a disciple there's a ecclesiastes this was two are better than one when one falls he can lift up the other one so today what i would encourage you is look at places where you are in ask who are you discipling who are you training up and i'll 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 give you hints so that you know you would know what i'm talking about and then we'll go and how do we do this okay um bible says in T- titus 2:4 says older women train up younger women it does not say men younger men train up younger women because they know that we ourselves are really foolish people you don't want to be tempted you don't want to walk in a temptation by training up person of the opposite sex you know there's a lot of us young believers when i was a young believer i thought okay if i there's this girl i like and if i share with her the gospel you know she'll become a christian uh you know i have that is really a foolish thing to believe brothers sisters if you're young and you have not understood this you are only meant to train a people of your own sex when you're married when god and um or when you're much spiritually older and mature yes then go but god ha- if ever someone comes to you and says oh uh, or especially if noble sex and says um here i want to know the gospel share the gospel and then find someone that they can always contact someone who's older an older brother or an older sister if it's a girl that you could say here go this person is reliable um next one second timothy 22 paul trained up timothy to train others to train others paul is teaching timothy to say hey brother this is how you train people now you go and train those people how to make more disciples ephesians 6 4 says fathers train up your child um hebrews 3:30 we just read you know we have to stir up each other to do good works we see this example throughout where we see that discipleship belongs to all of us and now we're going to see how we do it and then we're going to be done how do we do this first one we as we started love we are serious about loving that means we don't go we naturally we can share take the tract we can give to friends we can share our whatsapp status and say here brother this or we can share that is all methods evangelism but the moment you after that if god is leading you talk to the person saying hi you liked my whatsapp picture or you asked something about my whatsapp email dp do you want to know more i'm happy to share this with you and do that because you love god and because you want to see this person as a person sitting on the 
table with you. Brothers and sisters, there's a, there's, I had a misconception when I was growing up that I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to have 10 people and say, oh, Jesus, you saved me, I saved 10 people. No. We 10 people are going to walk hand in hand and say, Jesus, you saved us. That is the gospel. Second one, we start in love. First one, we start in love. We are serious about loving. We are serious about sin. And that means we are serious about the time we spent. We know what time we spend. You know, when we start talking to a brother or sister um, of your own gender, and we start talking to them about, about um, the gospel, and, you know, we start probably with a very lighthearted talk, but find ways to talk, be courageous. I know it's not an easy task. I have, I don't even have the courage at most times to talk about Christ. And I understand that. But that is why we rely on the Holy Spirit. We say, Lord, give me the right timing. Make this person ask me the right questions. Help me have the boldness and courage. It is all about God. It's God is the one who's giving us the Holy Spirit. He's the one who's giving us the words. He's the one who's giving us the right time to speak and he will do it. All we just have to do is when we trust God, we say, Lord, let your will be done. Let your time be here. I'm going to just start a conversation. If it's you, you will take it up. If my friend is going to say, no, I don't want to talk about it. We'll talk about it another time. We will, first, we'll start with love. We will talk. But see, there's one more thing. I want to give us a warning to anyone who's young. Um, and the reason is, in my life, I have always thought, you know, okay, I'll have this friendship and then I'll talk to them. And if you notice your friend is controlling your conversation and he's going about talking about everything the world likes. And whenever you talk about God, he says, okay, um, no, I have no time. No, I'll, we'll talk about that later. And then he just leaves. Yeah, you can take a time and say, here, um, this is the thing I want to talk to you about. And if they're leading you into sin, then it's best to say, brother, my dear friend, I am a person who believes in God and I'm a person who's serious about sin. We can have a friendship, but but we have to be serious about sin. If you think they're doing something that damages or messes up your understanding of God or understanding of, um, um, you know, or you know, leads you to sin, tell them, brother, I don't like this. If you're in some, you know, uh, I had recently been part of a WhatsApp group um, with a lot of my school friends. I said, nice, nice to catch up with all of them. All of us are 30, 33, 34. All of us are married. Almost all of us are married. All of us have kids. It's nice. But then there were some young guys who were in it. Uh, well, not young guys, who, single guys who were in it. And they were sharing unwanted stuff. I said, okay, this is it. I said, here, we are, we don't want it. They again shared a lot of us left the group. He said, we don't want to be part of it. That is what you do with WhatsApp group. But I'm talking about discipleship, face-to-face, -face, personal. Second one, we persevere. We will wait. Because we are waiting on God, we will be waiting and saying we will not give up. 
it is a very hard task we have brothers and we have sisters especially even in our own families who do not want to hear the gospel we still will wait and we will go back to them in love we will wait and ask god to give us patience when i came so as i was telling you my story um what i would do is um so when i came to faith and i got finally baptized i i went back to my family and my parents were marthamites my sister was marthamite um they were very much involved not even in the church they were involved in cultural activities and dance and my sister was a very good dancer and um, i'm not sure if she can still but um but those times um they were in, they were part of the culture and they were they were you know they had this normal normal malay life and um and uh what happened is they would not understand who i am and they would not want to understand why i became a believer because as far as they were concerned you know i was a normal person i you know they they believe in the same gospel as i do it takes a lot of time you know after 3 years or 4 years of being with my parents losing my temper at times being merciful and letting them speak their anger speak what they believe and letting them work it out after 3 to 4 or 5 years something my both parents and my sister they came to love god and i praise god for that but it was not easy and we are and and what helped me during that time is the brotherhood of of other believers who who would pray with me who would talk to me who would encourage me next one is that um being a disciple means also being committed to a church being part of a local fellowship being part of a place where you know god is working and you you will make effort to be a part of it you know when i was coming when i was in faith and when i was just coming to faith um god would be working through jesnachan on one part of my life and jesnachan will know from the lord saying hey so when you're not walking right he would tell me brother money you're not walking in the right manner god is serious about sin god what would i do i will leave him go to another rajasthan because as far as is considered um you know a lot of us also do that especially um young believers when they when they know that okay here things are getting serious we, our initial idea is to jump to another place and they say oh, you know you know you have a place where you are members of three or four churches everyone in all the churches know you well and especially now because of zoom church you are part of a church b church c church or sorry sunday is like four churches and you're not the preacher and the reason why you do this at least with some people is because you are not willing to be disciplined you're not willing to put your life and your attitude and your uh, humble yourself before the word of god because you want to say hey i am right but brother sister you cannot tell me and that's what accelerated i i did not tell that to just let you when he was when i was going up i told i knew he was right 
but I did not want him to rule my life. I did not want him to control or I did not want him to correct me. So I would go somewhere else. And then I would be with that other person for the next two, three weeks till that God would, God would bring again the same word to that person. And then that Achachi will tell me, Wane, this is not right. The Lord has been telling me about something in your life. Then I would disappear from him. I'll be back. So the re- this, is, this is the same habit that that God took out of me. And I'm so grateful that God had so much grace and mercy poured out on my life that being such a fool, God still used my used whatever I whatever the foolish ways I walked to call me to him. The the next one um, of how are we supposed to disciple people? We are ready for sacrifice. And that means we are ready to also believe that, hey, it is not about me. God brings people in your life and my life for a limited period of time. There are people who would stay in your time for more. That's your children. That's your parents. That's your own brother and sister. They will remain in your life for a little more than everyone else. Your spouse will remain a longer period of time your husband or your wife. But others, be ready to give it back to God when he says, okay, it's this person's time is now with the other person. We also learned that discipleship is a two-way process. That means we know that whatever God is teaching the other person is also beneficial for us. We learn from our mistake. We learn from them. We share and live this life. Humility marks a disciple's life. Like how Paul and Barnabas, when they knew that the people were thinking wrongly, they said, see, we are not any of those. We are also sinners saved by grace. We always rely on the Holy Spirit. And that is the only pers- only way that we can walk this life. But at the same time, when we rely on the Holy Spirit, we are connected to one another. Um, we read this portion in the Bible that says, you are being built together into the temple of God. You know, we read that you are the temple of the living Lord, but then they also say you are all building blocks added one top of each other. Or even Paul says, should the eye say to the hand, I'm better because I can see and you, you can you cannot see. No, all of our talents, all of our, our experiences, all of our base, they all are meant to connect like a jigsaw puzzle into each other. So as um, as we go, as we I'm going to end, and you know, uh, we could have a if, uh, there's a point of discussion. Question. Our understanding is this: we are believers, and we are not, and we are disciples, and we are not people who just agree to the Bible. We are people who are living under the Holy Spirit, daily being transformed. And that 
is meant to be done together with our brothers and sisters. It's not an easy process. You know, we were recently talking in our church about accountability and how, how people have to be accountable to each other. But you share your sins to your brothers and sisters and they pray for you. They encourage you. A lot of the ways, and you talk about, you go to your brother and sister and say, brother, you just, how, you know, how are you doing? Okay, he's fine, fine. How's your, um, how's faith? How's prayer life? Good. No, let's go deeper. Let's take the next step. Say, brother, not just, what are we supposed to pray for you? Or not, not how are you doing? But rather, brother, what is God teaching you in your life? How is God showing you his goodness? We don't go there as a person going to question them. We're going there as a person who wants to learn. And that builds in our relationship with them. And that builds in into our own sanctification. How in our own way, the God with changes. So, um, yeah, that is all. Um, thank you. I'm just going to pray for all of us and then I'll just hand it over. But we know this is your word. We know that we are sinners. We know that you called us to be with one another, to be with each other, building each other up, encouraging, stirring up affections for each other, for you, Lord, so that we may declare together your praises, that we may all come together and sit at your table as a one big family for your glory. Father, we thank you so much for the brothers and sisters you placed in our life. Help us open up our life to them. Help us know that we are sinners who need you and who, and that they are sinners who need you. And together, we will be able to seek your word and grow deeper. Help us to be honest when we talk about our sin, when we talk about who you are, so that our brothers and sisters can correct us and we can correct them. We thank you for your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.